It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is a Black Friday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never trampled anybody for a discount flat-screen TV in a department store, but on a day where all of you are out doing exactly that, or some of you are, I mean, most of my hardest hardcore fans are watching football or heading over to a gentleman's club, but the point is, we salute you on this Thanksgiving weekend, and we look back on some of the things we've enjoyed the most this holiday season. And joining us in the very first hour is someone who has me on his TV show every single Tuesday, someone I love talking to, although I'm convinced he is faking the accent you're about to hear. We are talking about the host of Varney, the great Stuart Varney, a new poll that shows Biden is losing to Trump in five of six battleground states, although he continues to lead Trump in the state of dementia. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of today's Big Monday episode. Stuart Varney is going to be here. Fox business legend. Uh, He moderated uh, the last presidential debate. He will give us a look forward at the next one that is coming up here right quick in the Republican Party. We're also going to talk with Tommy Lahren and get into some of the protests that, I got to be honest, got a little chaotic in Washington, D.C. over the weekend, defacing monuments, trying to scale the fence at the White House, leaving uh, blood-stained hands or at least the image of hands on the White House gates. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. You got to be a mutter, man. You know what they say. If you want to make it in horse racing, you got to be able to run on a sloppy track. Well, if you're going to host a nationally syndicated talk show, uh, you got to be a mutter, girlfriend, because that track is getting sloppy. Sloppier and sloppier every time we get on the air. There it is. So 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the show. It is a show with one rule. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. I care about the country, but I'm not here to manipulate the way you to vote. I don't need you to see it my way. You could agree. You could disagree. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Be a Libertarian. Be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... There it is. Happy Monday. Great weekend. Uh, hanging out with the Fela family out on Strong Island. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, I will tell you this. Top Democratic strategists not digging the latest poll numbers for Joe Biden. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. This is fascinating stuff. And uh, I own a politics to English dictionary. It's kind of my superpower. And I will tell you that... The poll that came out over the weekend, it's a New York Times and Siena College poll. It shows Trump beating Biden in five out of the six key battleground states, that being Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, by margins of three to 10 percentage points amongst registered voters. Now, why is this significant? Because if you remember the run-up to the 2020 election or even the run-up to the 2016 election, they were wildly underrepresenting Donald Trump's support. 
in every battleground state that threw the election to Biden in 2020, he was beating Trump in every one of those states by five points, 10 points, 11 points. And then election night came and every one of those states was decided by one point or less, meaning a lot of those poll numbers were inflating Joe Biden's support. Now, if that's the same metric we're going by this time around, it would mean Trump beating Biden by five points or 11 points as he is in Nevada probably means he's beating Biden by about 15 points in Nevada. I agree with that. And I don't doubt that Obama does, because over the weekend, we got a David Axelrod. Okay, he is a former advisor to Obama. He's as close to Obama as they come. You dig like if OJ had like an Al Cowlings AC and the white Bronco with him when he was driving down the highway like you do when you totally didn't kill your wife and you have nothing to hide and you just go on a ride down the 405 with the gun to your head. I mean, you know, time was that's what you did when you had nothing to hide. But anyway, uh, if OJ had Al Cowlings, Obama had David Axelrod. So if David Axelrod is tweeting that it's time for Biden to really think about the 2024 election, that means Barack Obama is telling him to really think about the 2024 election. Tell him like it is. Here is the tweet, okay? It's very late to change horses. A lot will happen in the next year that no one can predict, and Biden's team says his resolve to run is firm. He's defied conventional wisdom before, but this will send tremors of doubt through the party. Not bedwetting, but legitimate concern. This is Axelrod responding to the New York Times and Siena College poll. The POTUS is justly proud of his accomplishments. Trump is dangerous, unhinged demagogue whose brazen disdain for the rules, norms, laws, and institutions of democracy should be disqualifying. But the stakes of miscalculation here are too dramatic to ignore. So this is Axelrod. He's saying that Trump's the worst guy Whoever lived. Wrong. Okay, but agree or disagree. Okay, Axelrod's position is he's roundly condemning Trump, but he's saying the stakes are so high going into this election that you might not want to put a guy on the ballot who makes the sign language interpreter shrug. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Understand, if you are the sign language interpreter and you are in charge of a sign, you didn't have one for true international pressure. Correct the mundo. You didn't have one. Okay, but anyway, here's the rest of the tweet. Only Joe Biden can make this decision if he continues to run. He will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interests or the country's. Folks, that is Barack Obama's top advisor. And if he's out there saying, you know, Biden's really got to think this over. Don't get me wrong. I know we'll give him the nomination, but these polls are too big to ignore. If that's what he's saying, that is what Obama is saying. Bingo. Okay, and it comes at a time where Politico is running an article that we'll get back to a little bit later in the show. But Politico is flat out saying, well, as it turns out, uh, the Bidens were not honest with the American people when it comes to their business dealings overseas. Are you the big man, Joe? This Politico article points in the direction of saying yes. Yes, he is uh, the big man. Okay, the political article says, says fresh revelations contradict Joe Biden's sweeping denials on Hunter. Hunter's a dirtbag. And let me be very clear. Okay, I am not here to demonize anyone's addiction there, but for the grace of God, go all of us.
I mean, you've seen me on TV. I'm clearly battling some type of an addiction to carbohydrates, <laughs> some kind of ad addiction to salt and cheese over the weekend. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. But when you try to paint the Hunter Biden saga as a father's love for his child or someone struggles with addiction, you're completely missing the point of what James Comer is investigating and preparing to issue subpoena after subpoena in regards to. And that's the fact that the Biden family was very aggressively selling access, OK, selling interest in our government, using Hunter as a proxy to pay Joe. Okay, we're now sitting on actual checks from Jim Biden to Joe Biden. We're now sitting on actual bank records from China and CEFC over to one of the shell companies of the dozens that they were running on the Hunter Biden side of town. We're sitting there with a 10% deduction in money that was sent to Hunter payable over to Joe. That was the allegation. The allegation was Joe Biden is the big man. 10% of all overseas profits are set aside for him. We now have that paper trail. And if Politico is reporting on it, you understand this is one of the outlets that was killing the Hunter Biden story in the run-up to the election. No different than the New York Times, no different than the Washington Post. Every big media outlet killed the Hunter Biden laptop story because they had a motivation to do so. They were trying to get Biden over the finish line. Well, now we're in a situation where they don't even want Biden in the starters block. So they're starting to report a little more honestly about the things they covered up in the past. The media is a bunch of losers. It really is very disingenuous. But any way you slice it, OK, this newfound interest from the media in getting rid of Biden, this sudden piping up from David Axelrod about getting rid of Biden. OK, they are telling you based on the poll numbers they're looking at. Obviously, they don't want Donald Trump to be president again. They don't want any Republican to be president again. That's how politics works. OK, but the reality is just about anyone running would beat a guy named Joe Biden who's barely walking. So when you start to see political pipe up, you start to see David Axelrod pipe up. OK, you start to see all of these operatives in the media suddenly show interest in getting him off the ticket. It means behind the scenes, they are going bananas right now in terms of Biden. OK, they want no part of him running again, and they have a very tight window to get rid of him. You know, when you're sitting in the church and the preacher says, if, you know, anybody objects to this couple getting married, you know, speak now, forever hold your peace. We're in the pews now. OK, the harpist is playing. Over at the catering hall, they're putting the finishing touches on the ice sculpture, you know, making the fancy cake. The bride's primping up at the tippy top of the aisle. The organist is about to speak. And someone in the back row just yelled out at the groom. Get him out of here. Get him out. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The producer of this show just likes to flex a little muscle, just likes to show the audience what kind of power broker he is behind the scenes, bring in a level of guest 
that will truly wow the audience. But more importantly, I think demoralize other radio producers. So they go, how we didn't have this guy on the top of the hour. How, how, how did they get him? But, but joining us now is that very trophy booking I speak of. Stuart Varney is in the studio and the crowd goes wild. Hey, Stuart Varney. Greetings, Thaler. What can I do for I you? I mean, your radio currency. Oh, you've already done what you can do for me. I think my producer's getting a raise as we speak. You can probably cut your mic and leave. I mean, your work here is done, sir, but it's good to see you. The man with the golden mouth. What can I do for you? <laughs> you repeat. Stuart Varney. Uh, listen, uh, I, I wanted to get you in studio because one of my favorite things to do with you on your show is to talk to you right before we go live. We have like a quick catching up about all it things, and we just had one again here today. We did. And I want to deal the listener in on this, okay? The very basic analogy I handed you when you walked in was we're sitting in the back of the church. A couple's about to get married. And in this instance, the couple is Biden and Kamala are going to marry the They're going to renew their vows with America. But people in the back of the church are starting to get a little mouthy over whether or not we should walk back down the aisle. Are you getting my sense that this is a rambunctious ceremony we're about to attend? Yes. <laughs> the Biden-Harris team cannot win. I mean, that's just a fact of life. And the Democrats know it. Yes. And heaven knows what is going on behind mm -hmm. closed doors and on the phone lines oh. all across this weekend. And it's started uh -huh. with that New York Times poll mm -hmm. that thumped onto the ground mm -hmm. on Saturday morning, yep. showing that in five battleground states, Trump beats Biden wow. by a margin mm -hmm. above the margin of error. Yeah. In other words, if the election were today, Trump is the president because wow. he, he, he gets the electoral college vote. Yep. Now, when that poll emerged, I mean, that was like a five-alarm fire yes. ringing in, in, in the, the Democratic halls of power, so to speak, mm -hmm. because they realized they've got to get him out. Yeah. But they don't know how to get him out. <laughs> how do you get a, a sitting president yes. with an incompetent vice president? How do you get them both out? Yeah. There is no way you can do that short of persuading him somehow or other. Yes. Maybe Jill Biden comes into play here. You know, uh -huh. honey, your, your, <laughs> your days really, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. I mean, that's what it will take. Persuasion. Oh, yes. Because there's no way of firing a sitting president. Yeah, and it's it's a fascinating time in history because many families have had to have the complicated complication, uh, you know, uh, conversation about taking away grandpa's car keys. But now you're taking away grandpa's nuclear codes. Like, <laughs> this is a far more advanced conversation. But something you mentioned off the air that I think makes this, uh, you know, even more precarious is that they have to get rid of both people on the ticket because the polling yes. also shows that Trump would beat Kamala even worse. Yep. So they don't want her on the ticket either. Can you imagine what level of, of food fight is happening behind the scenes? We're not going to see it. We'll no. probably read about it in five years. But would you say it's pretty chaotic back there? Oh, chaotic. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, oh, I don't quite know how to describe it. But I'll tell you this. In my opinion, the worst national security threat mm -hmm. at this moment in time mm -hmm. is President Harris. Mm -hmm. If oh, our yeah. President Biden is incapacitated, heaven forbid, mm -hmm. for any yeah. reason, whatever, it is President Harris, and yeah. that is an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. What do you think the Chinese would do faced with President Harris? Oh, wow. What do you think Putin would do faced with Pre the Mullahs? Yeah. What would they do? Yeah. They'd instantly see America as thoroughly weakened mm -hmm. in every section of our society. Yeah. And God knows what would happen. What but that is a scenario mm -hmm. which could happen yeah. unless the Democrats move real fast. Fast. Come on. It's... <laughs> How do they do it? I don't know. Can, can you can you unpuzzle this? Well, how do you get rid of a sitting president, <laughs> vice president, in well, one fell swoop? Well, I'll tell you how you start. 
okay, you get Barack Obama's top advisor to start <laughs> tweeting that it's time for him to go. Yes. And you can see the wheels of that little revolution starting to spin. Because if David Axelrod's tweeting it, oh, Barack Obama's thinking it at the very least, would you not say? Oh, yes. Suddenly, Barack yeah. Obama appears on the scene. Uh -huh. He's the guy who wrote that AI executive order, you. you know, mm -hmm. on contract. Oh, well, he was working yeah. with the president for five months. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, he's expressing opinions on Israel-Gaza. Mm -hmm. And he's out there. Suddenly, he's prominent. I think that he's lining up Michelle. Oh! To walk in, maybe Whoa. at the last minute. I mean, f consider mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. We get to the conventions next mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. The Democrats have their convention. They've got their candidate, and they've got the vice president. Mm -hmm. And they know they can't win. Mm -hmm. So quietly, Biden says, OK, we're out of here. Wow. Go someplace else. Mm -hmm. In comes somebody else, mm -hmm. and that's... Not major trauma for the party. Yeah. For the country, yes. But for the party, no. Oh. They will have a candidate by next uh, convention. Wow. So here would be my only question, because that's brilliant. That's why you book Stuart Varney. Not just so your producer <laughs> so gets a raise. What's your question? What well, have I done wrong? Is, this, no, I think you're spot on. I wonder if she really has, and maybe this is how you fixed it, she doesn't have to do as much retail politics if she doesn't join the ticket till next summer. Right. Because I don't think they have the appetite to go do that, because they're living good right now. There's, she's she's wildly money popular. Yeah, of course. I mean, and I think the party would love her. Yep. And I think obviously that becomes a liability for Trump. You see, I think looking at the election as presently constituted, Trump beats Biden handily, beats Kamala handily. But I think politics has a way of making everyone a prisoner of the moment. And I think the Democratic strategists know to think beyond this moment. I don't think, you know, faced with these polls, yep. they're like, oh, well, buckle up. <laughs> the, the writing is on the wall. Yes. And when Axelrod came out and said that mm -hmm. or tweeted that, whatever he yeah. did, it, that really tells the whole story. Yeah. He's a very powerful guy. Mm -hmm. He's the guy, was he the campaign manager for Barack Obama? Yeah. So, a very high-level advisor. Yeah. He's the guy who essentially put our first black president into the Oval Office. Yep. That's enormously high standing within yep. the party. So when he says, uh, Joe, it's time to move on, Wow. That really means a lot. Yeah. It just has impact like nobody else could have. Yeah. Unless it was Barack Obama saying time to move on. No, I mean, but that's that's what I mean. He's a top advisor. No, and they, they would say that, that Obama is like the Stuart Varney of politics. <laughs> like as DC goes. As DC goes, Stuart Varney. Flattery is the mother's milk of radio and television. <laughs> you stop it. Uh, they, the listeners should know I will be making an appearance on your show tomorrow. I don't, you don't know this. Don't tell security. But, but I'll be on your TV show tomorrow. <laughs> the 11 o'clock hour. It's just one of my favorite things to do because I feel like people benefit now more from conversation than ever. Just just talk but, about it. But what, mm -hmm. Let me just yeah. say something. Mm -hmm. What you bring to the table on my show mm -hmm. and your podcast mm -hmm. is originality. Well, thanks for that. You, you are. You're, yeah. you're not derivative. Mm -hmm. You're not passing along the views of someone else. Mm -hmm. You always have a fresh take yep. which is exciting and real. Yep. You're original. Mm -hmm. Originality no. doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> Certainly not in the media business. No, ma'am. doesn't. And, Stuart, I just want to say this. Well, thank you. I really thank you. And you read that exactly the way I wrote it down. So uh, <laughs> yes. I will Venmo you the money. <laughs> It'll come out of my producer's raise. Stuart Varney, ladies and gentlemen, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> thank I mean, you, we too. might as well take off the rest of the show. Done. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Ted Cruz is around the corner. We were just told he's running late. Oh, Ted Cruz, what are they doing over there? We'll get to him in a second. But Dennis, a shot to be the final caller of the week, depending on where we go with this Ted Cruz thing. Yo, Dennis. Well, thank you, Ted Cruz, for running late. Jimmy, I have a, I have a, a modest proposal Love it. regarding the abortion issue and, and a quick anecdote to share if there's time. Let's go. But because Trump promoted American energy independence, Democrats um, – tripled U.S. production and shut down the pipelines. And uh, because Trump was for a secure border with Mexico, Democrats opened the border the day they came into the White House. And because Trump was isolating Iran, Democrats embraced Iran when it was back on its economic heels. Think of all the babies that might be saved if Trump suddenly said he was pro-abortion. <laughs> you're saying that you're saying the Democrats have switched to pro-life. That's you're yeah. probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong, Dennis. I mean, it really is that petty. And then, now I've got to I've got to I've got to tell you share something. Uh, this anecdote kind of goes to the uh, stubbornness of the stupidity that we've come to. Um, a very special woman in my life worked late, and the roads home were icy, and she you know, had to return early the next day. So I told her to rent a room in a hotel across the street. Nice place. We stayed there before. Um, You know, it's got a great restaurant, function halls, um, two pools, safe area. They told her, we're a shelter now. And and the the clerk seemed peeved, she said. And they said, we we have been for three years. So I told her, call the next hotel room down the the street, less safe area, not as nice a hotel. Uh Uh-huh. Same thing. Wow. You, you know, and if they give veterans preferences for these quote-unquote free rooms, yeah, you know, that might be one thing, but my guess is they're not doing any no, veterans preferences. Not here in New York. Uh, you know, I, I know it's obviously very similar up there in Vermont, but uh, it's a scam, man. It, it is what they're, what they're doing right now. It really is. It's shameful. I try to keep the mood light on this show. But, uh, you know, they're encouraging what we have here, which is second-hand, second-class citizenship for the actual citizens, which is bananas. But it's it's a thing, uh, Dennis. But that being said, uh, I don't want to drag the show down too far because i got to perk up for this potential Ted Cruz hit, so I will bid you adieu. Uh, a fine call, as always, beyond worthy. There he goes, the great Dennis. I mean, listen, it's Veterans Day. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Today is the 248th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Okay, the team nobody wants to play. When you look out at the homeless problem in a city like New York, a great percentage of them are veterans, sadly. And we're now living in a moment where migrants who come into this country illegally are getting hotel rooms while veterans who fought for this country are homeless. So again, if you snuck into the country, you're in the suites. But if you fought for the country, you're in the streets. That's not right. It's shameful. We have to do more for our veterans. Have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. Whether we're talking about mental health and the epidemic of suicide, okay, that they deal with every day in that community. Whether you're talking about the PTSD that, you know, that they have to burden Okay, everywhere they go for the rest of their lives. 
you know, the least we could do as a society is appreciate that sacrifice, and the vast majority of us do. But for the people out there who can't even take it that far, it really is shameful, if only because you lack perspective. Like, I, you've probably heard me say this before. When I was a cab driver in New York City, People used to get into my cab and cry because they made it into America. Like, they actually cried. Like, I can't believe I'm here in this land of opportunity, America. I've read about it my whole life. They would literally cry. And it was the most powerful thing in the world because I could totally take them the long way and make extra money. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Just being silly. But seriously, if you put on a uniform uh, to protect this country, thank you. Uh, we will be saluting first responders this coming Thursday. It's at the Patriot Awards, and that's down in Nashville. And if you can go to the Patriot Awards, I, man, there's nothing I could recommend harder for someone who needs perspective than a night that salutes the people who put on uniforms, whether they're cops or firemen or first responders, because it's apolitical. You realize these are people who wanted to be the hero when they were playing toys growing up, and when they put down their toys... They picked up the real-life apparatus to try and go out there and be a hero. Whether it was a gun or an ambulance or a police badge or a fire hose, they wanted to save the day. You can't have a society without those people, okay? The veterans who went out there and fought for the very freedoms you have, it is a wild thing to be around. If you can't go, you should absolutely watch it on Fox Nation, okay? My goal in my time here at Fox is to make the Patriot Awards as big as the Oscars, which isn't very big right now, so I guess we should make it as big as the Oscars 20 years ago. Uh, because if everybody in the country realized what really holds us together, Okay, if we had a little more perspective, we'd probably spend more time enjoying our freedoms than using them to tear each other apart. You know, one of the things that are really taken for granted, like wholesale, okay, is just the very freedom that you have. You know what else we take for granted all the time? Truckers. He knows what he's talking about. Do you know what percentage of your life is held together by truckers? Pretty much all of it. Okay, pretty, pretty much all of it is held together by truckers. Some of it's held together by the lot lizards who service the truckers. But the point is, those trucks staying on the road and delivering goods night or day, rain or shine, come hell or high water, is the very backbone of our economy. So it's something else we should always be saluting uh, on a day like today. But the veterans, of course, get the game ball. A quick break. We got Ted Cruz around the corner as well on Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, very few of them happen to be senators who offered to take me hog hunting in a helicopter with a machine gun. But joining us now is Texas's greatest tourism ambassador, Senator Ted Cruz. Hey, man. Jimmy, great to be with you. I'll say. Uh, one quick question uh, before we get into the book and all the other fabulous stuff going on. How did uh, Ted Cruz handle the Rangers winning the World Series and not the Astros? Oh, look, I think it's fantastic. So in the ALCS, I was rooting hard for my Astros. I'm a lifelong Astros fan. Uh, they, they made it close, but the Rangers beat us. They beat us fair and square. They played great baseball. And then once we made it to the World Series, I was enthusiastically rooting for the Rangers because yep. my view is I support Texas against anyone else. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very glad. Uh, I think next week I will be collecting on a wager. So I had Ooh. a wager with, with Mark Kelly and Kirsten Cinema from Arizona. <laughs> and, and, and I told him, I said, okay, if we lose, which is not going to happen, mm. uh, I'll provide Texas barbecue and bluebell ice cream and Shinerbach beer to you and your staff. Mm-hmm. 
and the loser has to wear the jerseys of the winning team. Well, okay. thankfully that didn't happen, so I will not be in a Diamondbacks jersey. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing Mark and Kirsten uh, sporting Rangers colors and finding out what Arizona cuisine is, and hopefully it'll be good. <laughs> That's the spirit. You know, I, I will tell you without having any dog in the fight, the reason I rooted for the Rangers is I just consider them to be the better fans. You could get tickets in Arizona for like 50 bucks on game night. For a World Series game, is that not a crime? Uh, you know, it, it is. And it's, uh, look, I, the Diamondbacks are a good club yeah, of and they played well. But, 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 but I'll say, you know, the Rangers did it. My prediction at the start of the season was Rangers and six, and it turned out I underestimated it that it only took them five. We'll take it, it was it was really an imp- impressive performance, mm-hmm. and and their bats just knocked the cover off the ball, and and frankly yep. that that ended up killing the Astros too. Is that uh, yep. the Astros made a mistake in that we ticked off Garcia and. Uh, <laughs> That, and and when, when, when the Rangers were in Houston, the Houston fans were booing Garcia. And I remember thinking, this is not a good idea. This is a large, <laughs> dangerous Cuban man. And, and he just punished us for doing that, and maybe next time we should not get him so angry. (laughs) He's a a passionate dude. And uh, you know who else is passionate? We have a lot of listeners in East Texas who I don't believe have sobered up yet. Uh, But it's that time of year. I mean, I don't think think anybody can look at the world right now and think being sober is a good idea. Now, now that is a true point. It's it's, it's nice to have something like baseball to celebrate when when the rest of the world is on fire and and seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Yep. Uh, We're talking to Texas Senator Chad Cruz. The new book, it's called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. What's so fascinating about this book, uh, more than any of the individual chapters we'll get into, is just the timing of it. You know, college has really exposed itself in the last couple of weeks with the support of Hamas, has it not? Absolutely, yes. And so this book, you know, I think millions of Americans, people across the world are looking at college campuses and seeing these rabidly anti-Semitic, anti-Israel protests, these young leftists screaming, seeing them threatening and harassing Jewish students on campus, which is disgraceful, and are wondering, how the hell did this happen? How did we get in this mess? And, And this book, which is brand new this week, it came out on Tuesday, uh, this book explains exactly what's happening and also how we fight back and turn it, turn it around. And, and uh-huh. the book examines how the radical left seized the major institutions in, in, in America. And it begins with universities, which I call the, the Wuhan lab <laughs> of the woke virus. That, 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 that's where they invented it. That's yep. where it mutated. That's where it spread. And, yep. and then from there... Every chapter focuses on a different institution. So it goes from universities to K through 12 and from K through 12 education to journalism and from journalism to government and from there to big business and then to big tech and then to entertainment, to movies and TV and sports and music and then to science. And the final chapter is on China and it explains how China is a central nexus connecting it all. It's really fascinating. With Ted Cruz, the book is Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Lev, something you referenced about the, you know, the problems with anti-Semitism in the Democratic Party and certainly in elite academia. Are you starting to get the sense that Biden is kind of caving to that a little bit because of the blowback he's seen in the polls and all of the people expressing support for Hamas and his party? Well, unfortunately, the, today's Democrat Party, there is a significant uh, 
extreme left contingent that is rabidly anti-Semitic and, and rabidly anti-Israel. We see it in the House with the squad. You know, mm-hmm. you probably saw the, the video um, uh, of Rashida Tlaib walking down the hallways and being asked by a reporter, what do you think about Hamas murdering civilians, raping women and little girls, uh, burning alive infants? Yeah. And, and she refused to answer. And, and, and it just – it is – and if you look at the Biden White House, the Biden White House has, from the beginning, systematically undermined the government of Israel. They flowed roughly $100 billion to Iran, mm-hmm. the leading state sponsor of terrorism. Iran is, is the major funder of Hamas. Ninety percent of Hamas's funding comes from Iran, and in a very real sense – the money for the death squads that murdered over 1,400 Israelis, that murdered 31 Americans, the money for the rockets that are raining down on Israel were paid for by the Biden administration flowing billions of dollars into Iran and into Gaza. You know, it's fascinating because knowing all of that to be true, uh, I loved your reaction to Barack Obama this week, trying to make it sound like somehow uh, we had all kind of played into this scenario. I got to be honest; I don't feel like I did. Do you? No, it, that that interview was utterly disgraceful. It was complete garbage. He said, "He said, well, we're all complicit in this," and and I responded to him. I said, "No, you're complicit." Barack Obama likewise sent over a hundred billion dollars to Iran. He's funded. He's funded an Ayatollah who regularly leads mobs chanting death to America and death to Israel. And and actually, in that same interview, Obama repeated the anti-Semitic lie. He said the Palestinian occupation is unbearable. Mm. Let's be clear, Jimmy. Gaza is not occupied. Israel is not in Gaza. Israel doesn't govern Gaza. Gaza is 100% under the control of the Palestinians. Now, is Gaza a miserable hellhole? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Hamas runs Gaza. And they take every penny of international aid that was sent there for hospitals and schools, and they use it to make weapons and rockets and bombs because they are are racist terrorists who all they want to do is kill Jews. Uh But, But by Obama repeating there's an occupation, he's deliberately lying and spreading Hamas's false propaganda. Yep. Uh, We're talking to Ted Cruz. The book is called Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. The only pushback I would offer there is when you say all Hamas wants to do. Now, to be fair, senior leadership also wants to stay at swanky resorts in Qatar. Absolutely (laughs) right. If you look at the top four leaders of Hamas, they're collectively worth $11 billion. They fly in private jets. But this is actually consistent with Marxists across the world. If you look at Marxist leaders, Fidel Castro was a multi-billionaire. Raul Castro was a multi-billionaire. Vladimir Putin might be the richest man on the world as a multi-billionaire. Marxists, they live in opulent luxury while they oppress everyone else. And and, and I'll tell you, Jimmy, this book, Unwoke, it explains why it is that what's happening is happening. It, It goes through... You know, Karl Marx in the Communist Manifesto, he laid out a worldview that we're in constant conflict between oppressors and victims. Mm-hmm. Now, he viewed it from a socioeconomic lens. So for him, the oppressors were the owners of capital and the victims were the proletariat, the workers. And his solution was a violent revolution of the proletariat, the workers, to overthrow the oppressors. Mm-hmm. I describe in the book on woke how in the 1960s and 70s, the Marxists infiltrated our universities, became tenured professors and administrators, 
There it mutated to all sorts of forms. But today, you know, I was recently talking with a very successful tech entrepreneur from Silicon Valley who's, who's a Democrat, a man of the left. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, he said, why is there such horrible anti-Semitism on the left? And I explained to him that today's radical left, they have coded Jews as oppressors. Yep. And they have coded Palestinians as victims. And so the cultural Marxist supports the violent revolution and overthrow by the victims of the oppressors. And it's why you're seeing cultural Marxists celebrate the atrocities of Hamas, because that is what they actively support. It's, ins it's insane. Listen, man, I don't want to lose you to the end of the hour, so I just want to tell the listeners, we don't normally give out homework on a Friday, Ted Cruz, but we are assigning Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Uh, fantastic read. Uh, I love everything about it. I still don't love the Astros, but, you know, you're the best. So, uh, <laughs> well, look, and let me say to everyone, it, it's available at every bookstore. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. It's a bestseller on Amazon, which drives the New York Times crazy. <laughs> and, and I want to encourage you, buy a copy for yourself, but also Christmas is coming. Thank it's you. A great Christmas gift. Get one for your mom, for your best friend. Get it for your kids. There he goes, the great Ted Cruz. Definitely check out his book and definitely stick around for the next hour because we've got Raymond Arroyo, Kim Douglas. We've got comedians. But most of all, we've got your favorite radio host in the world. Say, admit it. You better stick. Anyway, more with me and some of my buddies right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America Black Friday Spectacular. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We are bringing you this Black Friday spectacular. While everybody else is out shopping, uh, I am, of course, putting on Spanx hair and makeup because they have me co-hosting The Five today, live at 5 p.m. on the Fox News channel. But in the meantime, I have put together this best of because I'm probably not sober enough to be broadcasting this close to my Thanksgiving dinner. Good call by Fox and a good call by you to stick around because joining us to kick things off, a woman I met when I was hosting. Fox News Saturday night. Uh, we became fast friends. She's full of positive energy, and she had a hot take on the number one trending pop culture story of the year. I am talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, and I am, of course, discussing it with the great Kim Douglas. You know when you talk about like terms like the 1%? Okay, Bernie Sanders likes to say the 1%. If you live in this country... You're living in the world's 1%. Correct the mundo. You hit the lottery. You live in the greatest country in the world. I mean, good gosh. People are practically bursting into song. If you watched Fox News Saturday night last Saturday night, if you watched that show, okay, then you've probably heard everyone. Everyone. It's like there was one woman stole the show. Like, they, they stole the show. People are actually coming up to me on the street. They're like, hey, did you see that Kim Douglas show on Fox? I was like, yo, I hosted that show. But joining me now on the line, the woman who stole it from me. Let's see if she'll give it back. TV's Kim Douglas is here. Hey, girl. Oh, stop. Go on. Kim, Jimmy, stop. Go on. Listen, if you can't hear me, it's because my producer I, is printing up a new resume that adds your appearance to my show on it. 
I love it. I see it now, Jimmy and Kimmy. Ooh. Take New York. I mean, I see it already. Dude, you are a rock star. Stop it. Jimmy and Kimmy Take New York is like, let's say this is the deal, okay? Because it's a good pitch for a go. reality show. Go, let's go. We, we met last week on Fox doing a yep. TV show together. The whole premise of yep. this show is we became fast showbiz friends, and now we're there trying we to pitch some other entity. So rather oh. than, but here's the deal. We don't need to get actually land a show. We need to make a show about us trying to land a show. You land dig? Land a show. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely. But we have to be way more outrageous than we are. Oh, so yeah, well. We'll have to come up with something. You could commit a crime, and I could go back to my old roots of being a stripper in Vegas. And whoa. Hey, we have something. Whoa, listen, like, Kimmy, Kimmy I, love how, I love how you phrase that as if you're not still stripping. Good for you. I, well, you know, things aren't as good as they used to. Good, I'll just put it that good, way. good for you. Some of you might recognize Kim from her stage name, Cinnabons. <laughs> but she joins us now on the line. Just, I think you just called me fat. No, not at all. Yeah, Cinna, you, Cinna, you said I look like a Cinnabon. No, you I did not. I, I heard it. Cinnabons the would be, I think it's a term of endearment. When you think of how much Americans like Cinnabon, oh, okay. I mean, if that's your no, stage right. name, it's. I didn't call you it's Whopper. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. You got me there. We got a stripper named Big Mac on the phone. Uh, no, Kim Douglas. Don't come at me with that nonsense. Uh, okay. But it's, All right. just, it's okay. just good to hear your voice. Okay. So listen. You too. The reason we owe this to the American people is you hatched a theory on the show last week about the yeah. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing that we Trailer. all laughed at on the show, but we had yeah. so much to get to, we didn't really give it its due deference, okay? No. Your no. theory of why Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, if I yeah. understand this correctly, is because she's actually yeah. trying to sabotage the Chiefs because she's an Eagles fan. Is that how you said it? Exactly. Okay, explain exactly. this to our audience uh, because they're not all higher at a bar right now. There's like three of them that are sober. There you go. There you go. Well, first off, let me just say this, Jimmy, and it's true. You know, it's going around Hollywood right now that she is the only, Taylor Swift is the only person that could beat Donald Trump in <laughs> the presidential election. It really is true. That. that really is all over the Internet. That's funny. So that's kind of interesting. I want to go on record as saying I think she's great. She's so talented. I think she's a really good role model for our young women. She's beautiful. She's all of that. But what I just don't get, Jimmy, is that, like, she's so about climate change and about all kinds of social issues, which is all great. Mm -hmm. But then I read that she's 178 days on a private plane. <laughs> One, I mean, you know, the hypocrisy just... It's just so yeah. it's so hard for me to take. So no in, in fun, I really did come up with this strategy that like, okay, so maybe she's really this Eagles fan <laughs> and she really does. What does she also do, Jimmy? Her hobby is to bake. She's uh -huh. a baker. So she starts making all these treats for Kelsey <laughs> and um, <laughs> then she gets him a little bit fat. She's in bed, so to speak, not literally, with the brother, Jason. Mm -hmm. And uh, they end up having uh, concocting a plan that he can win the Super Bowl. And she ends up, I know Usher's book to be the, uh, halftime, the guy. halftime, but he at the last minute falls out. She <laughs> takes over. She writes a song and says she's going to break up with him in the middle of halftime. Whoa. While the two teams yeah, are playing. He falls to his knees in absolute despair, cannot go on, finish <laughs> the second half. She ends up singing her last song is Mastermind. <laughs> 
The Eagles win. Jason, the brother, gets the most valuable player. He's wearing the ring and has the trophy. He winks at Taylor, and the Eagles win. <laughs> Is that really so far-fetched? Is it, Jimmy? Is it so far-fetched? <laughs> All right, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and say I find it wildly entertaining, but the reason I do think it is far-fetched is I think you're yeah. underestimating just how much NFL players get laid on the road. He doesn't care if Taylor Swift yeah, disappears. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. No. He doesn't care. Really? He like listen. He's really? enjoying this. They like they like you know they like the yeah. idea of there's a lot of attention. But Taylor right. Swift's uh, excuse me, yeah, the, the impression Taylor Swift made on Travis Kelsey's mom was not overwhelming. She did a show earlier today and said it was okay meeting her. Oh. She goes, oh, I was okay. Oh, really? She, yeah, she didn't oh, say like she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'm telling you, this is the thing. Like Taylor and the Swifties, as you know, again, immensely talented. She's a very passionate fan base. But Travis Kelsey, nonetheless, is one of the faces of the NFL and one of the most successful teams in the league. I don't think he cares. Like, I don't I, I don't think you can care when you have that yeah. much at your disposal. Like, you think of the Mick Jagger thing. Mick Jagger yeah. could get so many women that he started right. sleeping with David Bowie instead. <laughs> it's like, you know what? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you know, you're, you're so sometimes right. you have too many options to care. That's too the problem. Many. You know, true. and the rumor is also going around, Jimmy, and I mean this with the most respect to women, mm -hmm. and that um, he has been known, Travis has been known to really like curvier gowns, so with larger Cinnabons. Cinnabons. It, it, it all, look at how we just, if we're not the two stars that are shining right now, we just. <laughs> took this right back to Cinnabon. Look how we just took it so, right back. So this ends so, actually in real life with Travis dumping <laughs> Taylor Swift for a gal named Cinnabons, okay? There you go. There you go. Taylor, no, but his yeah, previous girlfriend. Oh, don't you his yes. His previous girlfriend was a curvier girl. She was a little more junk in the trunk, if Boom. you will. And yes, one was. of the strippers that I danced with in uh, Vegas, you mm -hmm. you do know that I never was a stripper in Vegas, right? My mom and dad are listening to this. <laughs> I'm a good <laughs> Christian girl. Yes. I went to Oral Roberts University. Mm -hmm. I never was a stripper. But mm -hmm. uh, more junk in the trunk is what Travis really liked. And Taylor doesn't have that. She has a lot of things, but uh -huh. well, she doesn't have that. Kim Douglas joining us on the line. She is not a stripper for anyone who's confused. No, thank you, Jimmy, Co correct, for my parents. Correct term was adult dancer. I just want to make sure we're showing you <laughs> we're showing you the respect you deserve. Okay? It's an art thank form. You. These are gentlemen's clubs. Okay? That's <laughs> they call never, them strip clubs. It it's very reductive to say strip club. It is a gentleman's club. You must be wearing you a collared it. shirt while these it women wear nothing never, because you're a gentleman. Never. Thank you. Never happened, you guys. Never in a million years. That, never happened. That's but why we love it. Um, listen, I do want you to know this. Uh, having done one one night of TV with you, uh, my yes. my my fan base does love you, and they're they're clamoring for uh, a reunion. So we do have to work that my, out. My fan base loves you. They think you're the funniest guy in town. You oh, really are. Stop it, Kim Douglas. I will send. You, I will send you the twenty bucks for that later. You read it just Great. the way I told you to. Just the way I told yep. you to. Well, really quickly. Sure okay, my next West Coast stops. I'm actually going to. Re I'm going to Reno, December second. I'm not in your hood till like February, but we'll be together. Okay, but. Then. But we did a thing that Reno is the happiest place to move to or yes, has the happiest people member on your show. I and I do yeah. I actually do believe that. And the the reason I yeah. yeah, the reason I say so, it's nice, it's outdoorsy. 
And doesn't space go a long way? Just space. It does. Absolutely. Space. You're so right. And I think that's the problem with like, you know, when people say like in New York, you know, big cities, they're not as friendly. Part of the reason why is there's just too many people around. You're just so agitated. I agree. No, it's true. You're all jammed together. Thank you. I think this is what we're going to do. We're going to launch a Yellowstone spinoff where we're just going to buy a ranch. Um, you know, it's it'll be called, you know, knowing the habits of some of my listeners, it'll be called Yellow Stoned with an E-D at the end. <laughs> I love it. But a good show nonetheless. So see, I already got Absolutely. us our first script, Kim. You sure did. You are the Kevin Costner of this new series. <laughs> I love it. I can barely tell, tell you two apart. Listen, uh, gorgeous, I'm going to get sad about letting you go, but I know they're starting Please the two. Don't. I know they're starting the two for one dance at the horseshoe right now, and you got to get back on the main stage. <laughs> A girl's got to do what a girl's got to do, Jimmy. Uh, listen, you know? I, the rent don't pay itself, Kim Douglas. The rent That's don't pay right. itself. Tell me about it. If it if but it, I adore you, well, and adore it was you great to be with you. Honestly, it was well, just so much fun. Well, I'm, I promise my listeners we're going to do this every week. I've already made the promise, Please so don't do. make me look bad. All right. We'll talk, I won't at all. We'll talk offline, but thank you. We'll always have this, Kim Douglas. All right, darling. Bye, Thanks girlfriend. So much. See ya. There Bye-bye. she goes. The legendary, the lovely and talented Kim Douglas. <laughs> Just a force multiplier of wonderful positive energy. It's the whole point of this show, okay? Be a dog with a job. You know, everybody's happy to see a dog walk into the room. Oh, there he is. Oh, who's a big... Everybody's happy to see it coming because you have good energy. And everybody's happy to see a dog come into the room. Unless it's the dog at the White House, in which case you're like, oh... That can't be good. (laughs) You got to behave, Commander. Lincoln Fallon joins us next on Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. It's Friday on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And that can only mean one thing. Number 64, the captain... He left the house with a jersey on this morning. Tomorrow is game day. Today is our big preview. Lincoln Fallon joining us on the show. Hey, man. What's up? Fired up. Are the Rams? Yep. Riding high, the Rams coming off back-to-back shutouts. Mm-hmm. 46-0 over my high school, which was a fluke. That was not a fluke. <laughs> and last week, 40 to nothing over Mineola. Mm-hmm. How many T.J. Watt dances was the crowd treated to? I think two. Think Before two? the ref told me to stop. But that that ref was literally the nerd emoji. <laughs> That's what all my friends were saying on the sidelines. Like he was getting mad at everyone for everything. I blocked someone a second, maybe a second after the play, and he was just like, "64, hands off him, hands off him, hands off him." <laughs> you know, time was you could hit a guy after the play, right, Lincoln? Yeah, I, I old do, style I do a lot of that. Lincoln. On like special teams and stuff. All right, so have you taken my advice yet? So one thing Lincoln does when he knocks a guy down is he'll help him up, which is classy. And all the parents are like, oh, Lincoln's so sweet. But are you saying to him as you help him up, like, you ain't No, because the ref will hear that. (laughs) You got to whisper it. Have you ever seen, like, the LT videos when he's mic'd up? He's like, son, you got to do better than that. Have you thought about that? I mean, sometimes I trash talk at the line if they're not blocking me. (laughs) (laughs) So who do we have this weekend? I think Floral Park. Oh, and you're at home for that one? And your grandparents are going to be in town. Yeah. You got a lot of family. We've, we've heard Jonathan might show up with a terrible towel. Yeah. Can Jonathan, can cousin Jonathan still get past security at your sporting events? I don't know. <laughs> He's an adult now. So, I mean, 
I don't know. He might. It might be harder for him to get in. Jonathan's in his second year of college, but he cheers for Lincoln at football games the way me and Lincoln cheer for Mickey Mouse at Disney World. So Jonathan's nineteen. Uh, no, yeah, Jonathan's in a nineteen-year-old body, but he's probably like nine years old. Oh, he's hilarious, and uh, he's just come on, Lincoln, to scream and take his shirt off, and you know, headbutt small children. When Lincoln and I go to Disneyland, we act like you know we might be special needs adults, like we're too excited to see Mickey, and we scream and high-five to the point that the guy in the costume runs away. So it might be it's an advantage. We just say it's not a <laughs> It's not a costume. It is Friday. Lincoln Fail is in studio. The Rams are riding high. They're 3-1 and one on the year. Okay. Back-to-back rain-soaked monsoon. Back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Oh, is it going to pour tomorrow? Yep. But you guys are a, you guys are a wet-weather team. You yep. even passed the ball well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about this. There's a pasta dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. We're trying to size up this game for the gamblers. They've been riding high on your picks. There's a pasta dinner tonight. You guys play home tomorrow morning. Uh, your turf, you're telling me more rain. Mm-hmm. Ooh, give me a prediction on this game. Ooh, us 32 nothing. 32. You think the shutout streak rolls on? Yeah. Now, this is interesting because every time you've predicted the other team will score 14, they didn't score. You said 42 14, uh, 44 14 against division. And you beat them forty six nothing. So you spot you you know points pretty close. Last week you said forty two seven, but you didn't let up the seven. But now you are predicting a shutout. This could backfire. Uh, no, they're riding. They're riding high. The Ram, the Rams are riding high. How did they look in practice? Really good. Really, it was like a sharp week. Like the game film was good. Mm-hmm. They didn't uncover any deficiencies. No. Did you guys get made to run extra for any mouthy behavior? Like, these are the types of things that affect the outcome of the game. That's why I'm asking. Is anyone in in in-school suspension? Not anymore. (laughs) Are you telling the betters that there were some indiscretions earlier in the week? We won't name names, but you might have lost a few players. So were people out for Mineola? Yeah. Oh, this is critical. So they beat Mineola 40 to nothing with a short staff. You're telling me in-school suspension is up. Full staffed, Mm -hmm. you guys will be... In the game against Floral Park. That's the word on the street? Yep. Well, then we got to go all in on the Rams. I don't think there's any choice. Mm-hmm. Happy Friday. All right, how about your Steelers? Play the Ravens at home. I mean, it's the Steeler way to lose by 24 to the Texans and come back and just beat the Ravens. Yeah, they'll probably be the first-place team. They'll probably win six out of seven now. Is Kenny Pickett healthy? Yeah, he's playing. Who would you take right now if you could have one guy starting under center for your team? Uh, would it be? Uh, the Kenny Pickett, the aforementioned Kenny Pickett, or would you take your quarterback, Matt Kurz? Matt Kurz. You would, right? Kenny Pickett is horrible. <laughs> like, but, I don't know. I don't, like, obviously Kenny Pickett's more talented. He's in the league, whatever. Uh-huh. But he doesn't, like, they don't throw the ball to their best receiver. They have, like, George... Their wide receiver one's injured right now, uh-huh. and George Pickens is getting five targets a game. And George Pickens is great, you guys, if you follow the NFL. Imagine you were watching the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan's on the wing, and they're like, pass it to Bill Wennington. <laughs> they're not giving the ball to Jordan. Come or on. Or they run screenplays for negative five yards or do a halfback draw up the middle for negative one. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really hard to watch. Matt Canada, did you see that story that he might have a burner account? Yeah, their offensive and he coordinator. Used, he used his Steelers email. Like, Is that true? Work email so, the, so guys, the Steelers offensive coordinator, whenever he gets trashed online, he goes on on the internet under a burner account and defends the guy. Yep. Like nobody's defending the offensive coordinator except this one account that happens to be registered to his email. <laughs> I think he's really great, you guys. I think he's awesome. All right, we got to let you go. But before we do, uh, we pour out some of our 40 for the late great Dick Buckus, who left us at the age of 80 uh, on Thursday night. How much, when you were a little kid 
did you laugh when you heard there was a real name, Dick Butkus? So much. <laughs> you know when little kids go through a phase where any quirky word is now the most exciting thing in the world? When Lincoln heard that the Bears had a Hall of Fame linebacker named Dick Butkus, you laughed within like an inch of your life. Mm. That little kid laugh. So are we dedicating the Ram the, the game to Dick Butkus? Yeah. And joining us next... Someone I just absolutely love having in my studio because we banter back and forth. It's like a Tommy gun, like real rapid fire, good time energy. Uh, you watch him all the time on the Ingram angle. But now his true showbiz ship sails in as joining me in studio, Raymond Arroyo on Fox Across America when we come back. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Arrive. And the voice you hear coming out of your speakers, all that holiday magic. <laughs> the crooner himself in studio, the matinee idol, women weeping outside the studio. <laughs> it's like Sinatra at the Paramount. Raymond Arroyo is back. Jimmy Fallon, and the thank crowd. You for well, me. of course, good to good to have you. But let's get this crowd under control. I mean, they are. They are. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, a little I much. It. I know it. And look, I have it in hand for you. That's the gift. He said he had a gift. Christmas, Merry and Bright, the new CD, out now. Uh, this is, look, this is I a love labor this. of love. On my Christmas special, Jimmy, for many years, I've sung with Johnny Matheson, uh, Andy Williams, Aaron Neville, and a record producer came to me and said, would you do a Christmas album? And at first I hesitated. Then I thought about it, dug into the background of these songs and realized... We totally have misunderstood most of these Christmas tunes. Wow. We don't know their origins. We don't know the context. Kevin Koska, the great arranger who did uh -huh. Lion King, uh, oh my gosh, everything. Mm -hmm. The greatest showman, uh, you mm -hmm. name it. Kevin Koska has arranged it. He did all of my arrangements here. Whoa. We got the big band together in New Orleans, 20 pieces. And we're going on the road because I'm following the great Jimmy Fallon's example. Stop it. Raymond yeah. Arroyo, Christmas Merry and Bright. And you co-sang every one of these songs with Taylor Swift. That's exactly. amazing. The, uh, Taylor and Raymond's version. Keep They're a straight all... face, guys. We're trying to yeah. move some product here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, Raymond Arroyo Christmas.com. They can learn about the tour. I love the, this. The CD. It's a lot of fun. Now, you need to know what you've just committed yourself to. Uh -oh. Because my family and I, Jenny's family, family lives 660 miles away from us. They live in Wapakoneta, Ohio. So we listen, obviously, when we drive out there for the holidays. A lot of Christmas music. You will in the Fela family. I think we won't be, we'll probably take Jenny's Dodge Ram. She's a farm girl. She's a big Dodge Ram. Is there a cabin. CD player? Oh, yeah, it's in there. I like, love You it. will probably be the featured entertainment for a significant chunk of the drive. I love that. Well, you, Arroyo. You were going to have a good time. You were this peppy, fun Christmas You album. infiltrated the, this is, you know how they infiltrated colleges in the <laughs> 70s to make everybody a commie? You've infiltrated the Fela family sleigh ride to make them I all pro. I love but it. They, but they were already pro Arroyo. This propaganda effort was it, unnecessary. This will keep you going, though. This will well, double. This makes the sleigh ride even better. And Jose Feliciano, by the way, on that album, 
First time in his career, he's agreed to a new arrangement of Feliz Navidad. Is that true? And he did it with me on the album. Wow. Really cool. Oh, and he's coming on tour with me. We're going to, I, I didn't say that, Phoenix, Dallas at the House of Blues. We're going to Cleveland to the Key State, uh, Tampa, and we're ending at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Jose and I, on December 21st. Good for you. RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. Raymond, I'll say it again, RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. Come that and is, see us. We are going to have a blast. Look, this Jimmy, you just said it. Christmas is a time for families to mm -hmm. come together. And there is so little that today that reinforces that. This album has a classic feel. It sounds like it's been around for 60 years, yep. but it's brand new. And, and it has the vibrancy and joy that I love about Christmas and I wanted to capture. Dude, so it's I, fun. I am as pro-Christmas as they come. And you are the one human I will make an exception for when it comes to Christmas in November. Oh, because you don't play Christmas You know, people say, let the turkey cool. I, yeah. I at least like to let the turkey cook. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I dig it. No, your, you win. Put your Halloween candy away. Listen, yeah. you've, you've, got a, you've got a tour with Jorge Feliciano, I, Jose Feliciano. I don't, so you win. Uh, Raymond, we'll get back to this. Someday I'm going to open for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll bring the band. I'll do You'll a be the house numbers. band. That's right. Bring when, the house band. When I get my own late night show. Don't laugh. They're those NBC people. <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'd say a word about Fox. Not no, even I'm kidding. A Stop it. <laughs> but let, stick with me here. Okay, though. yeah. Okay, because we will get back to this. But I, I need you to weigh in on the hardest hitting question in journalism right now. And forgive me for taking us from such a light subject to something so serious. Yes. Does Ron DeSantis wear lifts in his boots? <laughs> I've seen Ron DeSantis. I don't think he wears lifts in his boots. He's, you know, I've never really, and I have to tell yeah, you, yeah, you don't pay attention. I, oh. No, okay. I, I've, I've stood next to the man. We had town halls with him recently, mm -hmm. uh, as recently as last year. I've never the media attention to the size of Ron DeSantis. I have to tell you. I've never thought Ron DeSantis is a little person. No. Never. And I've stood next to him. I've been with him. I, I don't... This is much ado about nothing. If this is all we can worry about Ron DeSantis <laughs> about, when you've got Biden shambling in. Today, he, Justin Trudeau showed up for a White House event. He said, good to see you, Prime Minister uh, Joe. Prime Minister Joe. <laughs> Prime Minister Joe. He said that with a straight face. And we're worried about lifts in Ron DeSantis' shoes. Sammy Davis Jr. wore elevator shoes his whole career. Did he? He was the greatest performer ever to walk on a stage. Mm -hmm. I don't care about height. Well, I care about performance. Well, Can you well, do performance. the job? Thank you. So tell me, contrast Sammy Davis against Ron DeSantis' <laughs> Donkashe, who, I mean, you said <laughs> performance. I'm not, well, that I won't touch. What is DeSantis' tap routine like? Well, you said you invoke Sammy Davis well, Jr. Look, you can't top Mr. Bojangles. He, uh, you all know, right. Sammy is, is all always right. the king. All right. But I don't know if he could have run the state of Florida. So no. there you have it. Thank you. Maybe it's a push then. There well, <laughs> I was uh, I was going off on a superficial pursuit at the top of the hour today. Yes. See, the world's on fire. I wanted to go find something silly and, and dive in. And, and I you're worrying it. about the lift. Well, Trump took a shot at him, which is to be expected. But then Nikki Haley jumped in because she's got a little Haley momentum right now. Um, is that at, what that is? At any moment now, I don't know. At any moment now, Vivek will become, he'll be pro-left and anti-left. You never know. That's the joy. Vivek is like a political mood ring. It changes. The, yeah. And he'll get very indignant about it and be very eloquent as he as he gets moody. But uh, here's what I don't understand about this, Jimmy Fallon. Mm -hmm. Why are you worried about the lift? I'm not worried. I, I just mean, want a distraction. It, make? it makes no difference. He's if, probably, he, if he's a little higher or lower, it makes no difference. No, my. I guess my question would be. Now you're going to think I wear lifts. No. I don't. I could show you. Look, these no. are just, just this came right from 
Johnson or Murphy? No, I can. No, I can. And these are those are gorgeous. Um, Thank you. I am not. The question I think would be not why am I worried. It would be why would they be worried if they're wearing lifts? Do you think it's an optic thing? Yeah, I think they want to diminish him physically mm -hmm. and otherwise. Yeah. And I think look, when you're the top dog, everybody shoots at you, and that's yeah, yeah. what's happening here. I mean, Nikki Haley. Uh, this is a woman who hasn't opened her jaw fully in the last 40 wow. years. See, I mean, you know, yeah. she talks through gritted teeth every minute so of the day. I she, mean, that's something to worry about. Is but she going to be wearing – so is she going to be wearing a, a, a retainer that we don't know about? <laughs> Where is this campaign going? Right. What are we focused on Whoa! and why? The, yeah. the world is actually on fire. But these are the things in the world of – look, mm -hmm. Donald Trump – has a brilliance for finding mm -hmm. any little physical aberration or yep. concern, zeroing in on it, magnifying it, uh -huh. and making that the story. Yep. He's brilliant at it. Now, I don't know if he was the source of the Lyft story, but... Somebody was. Somebody mm -hmm. who supported mm -hmm. Trump was. Because yeah. it's fascinating, because like, Trump is like literally on trial right now, <laughs> and half the Internet's talking about his opponent's shoes. <laughs> it's actually, strategically, it's quite a it's, gambit. It it's works. It's brilliant. you got to respect it. This is like Adam going to meet with Biden and all of a sudden the FBI shows up. So you he, don't say. he turns tail, runs back to New York. Pretty is, good. Isn't it amazing how if there's a fundraiser, specifically like a, someone who's a donor and the FBI shows up at their house, it gets people out of meetings pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that's it? one way to, get, to end the meeting. <laughs> I don't want to meet with, with Adams. What do we do? Call the FBI. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, one way to, that's one way to end the meeting. Quickly. Gone! Raymond Arroyo's in studio. Uh, the album, uh, well, RaymondArroyoChristmas.com is where you need to go. Uh, but the album Christmas, Merry and Bright, it will be in Jenny's Dodge Ram. Uh, I love it. By the way, top of Billboard's charts, jazz and holiday already, Jimmy Fallon. Stop it. Which is kind of stunning to me. Look, to be in the same list with Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby, Michael Bublé, pretty incredible that's a big deal kind of took my breath away no i would i'm, I'm i think that's amazing like i'm thrilled you well, know like thank I, god for good people out well there. we you know there there's a couple of different types of people in our in in showbiz yeah. i'm i root for people you want and the reason i root for people and i always root for talent like true talent mm -hmm. is because if the metric for success is being talented then I, I trust myself to work hard enough and deliver a good enough product that I'll be fine. Right. If the metric for success becomes, like, who has someone hostage and blackmail <laughs> on somebody else, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work out for me. No, I mean, it does, that doesn't work you know, out for any of us. So I, no, so, so I appreciate the fact that you're as talented and as diligent as you are with that talent. I think it's very commendable, Raymond. Um, so I will, well, you're welcome. We just had a moment. I'll move on from the DeSantis boots for a minute. Y yes, we'll come okay. back. We'll come back in a what second. What other high-flying ideals will we get into here about the the presidential race. Here is the only thing. This is my theory. Okay. That could stop anti-Semitism on college campuses. The only Boy, thing. was that a turn? Okay. Yeah, we know it is, but we'll do it. We'll have fun with yeah. it. Uh, it's the donor class. The donor class saying no mas is the only thing that's ever going to get universities to denounce or at least pull back a little bit on it. No? Are you surprised that people, even, in, even among our colleagues, they ask questions with a straight face, why do you think we're seeing this on university <laughs> campuses? Stop. Yeah. Have you tried to get into a university? <laughs> on the admissions, they, they give preference uh -huh. to people who are activists from certain yep. uh, mm -hmm. regions of the world uh -huh. with certain beliefs. Yeah. Those are given preference. So this isn't amazing organic speech. This is programmed pre-selected speech yep. by who you allowed in the tent. Yep. You invited these people to the party, and then we wonder, why are they having anti-Jewish displays <laughs> and want to kill all the professors? <laughs> why is this happening? These are the kids you invited. So I agree with you partially. Yes, the uh -huh. donor class has to rise up. 
but admissions must be reformed if you're ever going to cure this on the campus setting. Well, that's what I think the challenge is, right? Because of all, all of these donations and all of these endowments that come from the government, I don't think they've been allocated or appropriated with an eye on improving the quality of education. I think they've just created more administrators. You are 100% Every, And everyone's profile picture is like a tank. <laughs> like, a, like I don't know, maybe that's a sign? That, that's it. Well, they show, look, they've got a zero on the SAT, <laughs> but they show up with the head wrap and yeah. the Uzi, you know, standing well, in the desert. The, You're in, kid. You're they in. Fit in. They fit in with our coexistence. <laughs> motto. <laughs> hey, hey has no home here. That's what I mean. It, we're now to a point where these universities are inviting people in who are hostile to and adversaries of free speech, free inquiry, free thought, and the tolerance that we thought they embodied and idealized. Yeah. That's all out the window. So now you get what you get. That's, and it's a riot at these, at these quite literally, at these universities. <laughs> it's funny to watch only from a standpoint of, like, everyone on these campuses has spent the last five years telling us they were under attack. Right. Like, I'm a woman, I'm under Correct. attack. I'm gay, I'm under attack. I'm trans, I'm under attack. I'm a minority, I'm under attack. And then they all got together and were like, attack! <laughs> it's <laughs> so crazy. I think it's crazy. And you know the thing about it, Harvard that they're kind of people forget and overlook is, like, we're only a few months removed from them being sued for Asian discrimination in their admissions process, yes, where kids were getting 105 and not getting a, that was their average. Right. Well, this they were getting insane. a 5.0 somehow, Look, and they couldn't get in. Had the Asian kids who actually had the grades for admission yeah. gotten in, you wouldn't be having the pro Hamas rally no, in Washington Square Park. No. And this is part of the problem. You are you are creating a bias in the acceptance policy. Yep. So the admissions offices need reform. That will cure a lot of this. Not all of it, yeah. because you still have the ideology in the minds and it's in the there. classrooms. Yep. But it begins to wear it down, at least. Yeah, and I would, I would just like to think, if you're a donor, if you're a billionaire mega donor to an Ivy League school that is actually, uh, you know, protecting student organizations that are calling for the eradication of your people, I would like to think it has to affect what you do with the checkbook at the yeah, end of this month. Yeah, one would hope so. And and look, some are waking up now. Uh, it's amazing to me that it's taken this long. Yeah. But now the masks are off. I mean, they are right out there. You Absolutely. Know, basically, death to Israel. They're putting you know, the Israeli flag in the trash can. I mean, these are th this is horrific behavior yeah, we're seeing. Yeah, it's terrible. But the donors now, if there's a silver lining, because you know I'm a silver lining guy. Oh, you are, Mr. Silver Is lining. we have freed up money for the the donors to buy multiple copies of Raymond Arroyo, <laughs> Christmas, Merry and Bright. That I mean, was it's such a beautiful holiday it's, turn. It's you bring it right there. back around. Spectacular. You, and you told me really quick, now that we're here, yes. uh, that we don't understand the meaning for some of these songs. Yes. So, like, say, Deck the Halls, a lot of people don't know, that was about Black, black Friday muggings? Yes, that it was. was. Muhammad Ali originally recorded Deck the Halls. <laughs> you know, Halls was his first competitor. Yeah, yeah. No, Deck, the Hall, Deck the Halls is actually not a Christmas song. It was. It's a Scottish song about the new year. Oh. And it was sung in carols, carols were people yep, would yep. sing and dance in circles. Yeah. So it was kind of folk dancing, yeah. folk songs. We've so I've tried to restore in the in the arrangements mm -hmm. the intentions of the song. But some of them are a little racy. I'm not going to tell you about Jingle Bells, but that's Ooh, quite a story. Whoa, and whoa. the centerpiece of the stage show, which you'll have a good time at, Jimmy. I'm giving you tickets to come see us. Now, Raymond, I, I will I will be there. Um, the, I'm fascinated to hear that Hark the Herald Angels Sing was about the California Angels baseball team. I didn't know that. <laughs> Hell's Angels. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> no. like, you'd never know this. One of the greatest that Christmas songs. That is not songs. true, Jimmy. Do don't you know, mislead people. I know we're not. But you know what's so funny about the Internet?
is we could credibly build a site of, like, history, <laughs> like, facts you didn't know, and it would become instantaneously adapted as, like, fact in a lot of circles. The Fela Arroyo key to the universe. This could, <laughs> this could, let's build that now, Mike. Che- let's get working. Cheat codes, on. where we give you the cheat codes, little <laughs> history nuggets you should know to really distinguish yourself intellectually. That's right. Use that at the water cooler <laughs> while you're singing and buying copies of Christmas Mary and Bright. Oh, he brought it home. Raymond Thank Royal. you. This was so good for morale. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thanks All for right, having you. me. Merry Christmas. I know it's early, but happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond, <laughs> let the turkey cook, dang it. All, All right. right. We're back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He said Ron DeSantis does not wear lifts in his boots. Wrong. I don't know. It's a superficial pursuit. We may get to some of your calls on it in the next hour. 888-788-9910. There's a video making the rounds on social media that seems to show DeSantis struggling to walk in his boots. Some claim it's a sign that he's wearing lifts. I don't actually know the answer. The next time we have him on the show, if we can find some room in the schedule, we'll ask him about it. We'll see what he has to say. Pretty funny. But it's, again, stupid and silly and the world is on fire. But that's exactly why we're talking about it. Sometimes, sometimes, folks, you got to, you know, you got to let the edge off a little bit. You know the Amish, when a kid turns 21, they have a rum springer, gets to leave the farm and go try electricity and strip clubs and everything in between. Okay, so you come back the next day, you're still committed to your same ideals and ideology. You just needed a timeout. Okay, right now we've been war, 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 you know, and we can't even play any songs or any of the silly stuff we do. Uh, so we're just trying to keep the edge off, man. I, I, It's weird. Like, I'm one of the people who cares. Like, I get on the air, and I actually am mindful of the mood I put you in at the end of the broadcast. So, you know, a lot of the silly things we do on this show are silly because I don't want to walk around mad all day. And I certainly don't want to distill a show that makes you walk around mad all day because it means the next person you run into is going to be mad. The next person they run into is going to be mad. Then you're just a force multiplier of negative energy. You know what I'm saying? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I don't want to be the guy who leaves you that way. That's the frustration. So, yeah, are we doing superficial stuff? Yes. Okay. We're just, you know, sometimes you got to keep it real. That's all. But uh, here's the deal, man, uh, as we get going on a big third hour of the show. Okay, the big development in our politics, if you were going to talk about the politics of what's going on right now, okay, is they just overturned an election up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, because of all the fraud that comes to mail-in balloting. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? We'll get into it, and we'll talk about it, because I can tell you this. Looking long-term, looking beyond the moment, okay? Got an election coming up in 2024, and the last two parties to lose, okay? Trump lost the election in 2020. Wrong. Okay, but the point is he didn't get to hold on to power. Hillary lost the election in 2016. This is not okay. But the point is the last two parties to lose an election said it was rigged. Okay, and the Democrats spent three years saying it was rigged, if you've been paying attention. We have a problem with election integrity in this country. And when you hear that a whole entire election has been thrown out because of fraud, it raises some questions about the way we're doing things that might be worth talking about if we're going to get to an outcome in 2024 that people can actually buy into. So that's the conversation we're going to have, whether they like it in D.C. or not. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro.
from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon bringing you this Black Friday spectacular. Everybody's out trying to get a discount on appliances and early Christmas goods and hopefully behaving yourselves. I know this day can get pretty contentious out there in the malls. Behave. Uh, joining us now, two discount guests, if ever there were ones, on this show. Uh, fantastic comedians. One of them is a writer for Gutfeld. Uh, the other, I got to tell you, if you talk about late night comedy shows, okay, the big ones, I'm talking The Tonight Show, I'm talking Colbert, this next guest watches all of them. Uh, Kenny Krantz and Joe Mackey for the full hour right here on the Fox Across America Black Friday Spectacular. But our next guest is shooting his own special. He's shooting his own album at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. We have a lot of fans there. They'll be thrilled to hear this. It is December the 27th at the Stress Factory. The star of that taping in studio now, Ken Krantz, is here. Hey, man. What's going on, The Jamie? crowd is bananas. I can barely <laughs> hear you over them. It was just, Because they know you came in on, you said you took the train in? I took the train in. Now, is this where you're at emotionally? This is what I need to know. Because I, I would imagine the train is quicker as a former cab driver. Yeah. But there's also an emotional component to taking the train. Okay? And what I mean by that is, you know, I like driving in because I like having my own space. But I've got to be in the mood to drive it. You know what I mean? Because yes. yeah. it's combat. Yep. So did that did that on in any way um, influence your decision? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like the Mad Max element to come into the city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I, you, the Fox News buildings within walking distance yeah, yeah. of Penn Station, mm -hmm. so it's nice and easy. Isn't it amazing, though, how you hit an age where there is so much strategy in everything you do here? Everything. It, everything. Yeah. That, it's so, it's weird, because you don't notice it when you're younger and you live in this area. When, like, when you were young, didn't you believe, as I naively did, that the rest of the country wished they were doing what we were doing? Yes. Yeah, I used to yeah. think that, right? Just <laughs> uh, only up until pretty recently, I always thought, oh, everyone's got to be so chill, but they're looking at us like we're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's totally true. No one wants to live here. But we, th I grew up of the mind, because I had never traveled. You know, that I was like, oh, no, we nailed it, bro. Like me and my nine roommates chipping in for a studio apartment. We've got life figured out. It's those idiots in the affordable mansions that don't know what they're doing. Yes. Well, I, I, <laughs> I grew up in the suburbs and my whole life I wanted to live in the city. I wanted mm. to get a job and live in the city. My first job out of college, I went to work for John Hancock in the city. Uh -huh. I said, this is the start of the plan. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to get a foothold here, I'm going to find an apartment, and I'm going to live in the city. My first day on the job was September 10th, 2001. Oh, way to get into town. Yeah. <laughs> Uneventful week. Nothing big going on that day. So by the second day, I was like, I've got to get out of the city. I need to make a plan. i got to get to the suburbs. Well, you had the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> of, of professional careers in New York City. You yeah. Know, you snapped your Achilles basically the second down. That is crazy, Ken Krantz. But no, I agree with you. And what's funny is, you know, I don't want to go off on a political 
political tangent because I want to get back to pop culture really mm-hmm. quick. But one of the reasons they'll never or people will never let them or want them to oppose the electoral co- to get rid of the electoral college is because if it comes down to the popular vote, the people who decide elections are the people who just want to live in the city. Yeah. The crazy people. L.A., New York. And L.A. is gorgeous. It's this with palm trees. But it really has uh, turned into, it's so sad, but L.A. is like a human safari now. Like you drive around and you, you know, for all intents and purposes, could be feeding animals. It's, it's sad. Yeah. It reminds me of, do you remember the Michael Jackson thriller video? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course you do. Okay, imagine, though, if the video took place during the day. <laughs> <laughs> They're just walking around. You're there was light. no budget. There really wasn't high budget. Everybody gets to L.A. They're like, we got to rent a convertible. And then you get to that first intersection, and you're like, hey, can we put the roof back on? <laughs> this is not safe. I don't feel safe, Kenny Krantz. But let's talk about this really quick. Uh, the... Rock and roll, um, you know, you you have a very big and established acumen in music. You host a music podcast. What's your music podcast called so I get it right? It's called I Love Rock and Roll. I Love Rock and Roll. Kennedy's uh, been on your podcast. Kennedy, she loved your podcast. Kennedy's my favorite, and we've we've interviewed a lot of big names. Uh-huh. Kennedy's my favorite interview anybody ever Is that us. true? Yeah, I'm not I'm not well, even, she's not here. I'm no, not, well, that, I'm not no, trying no, to get No, no, and that, of course. But, but that, that she, meant, she yeah. had such a cool, like, rock and roll Forrest Gump lifestyle. Yes. So when you interview someone in a band, you're getting the story of that band. A hundred percent. But she was at MTV and has a hundred stories about a hundred bands. Yeah. And um, uh-huh. she was, yeah, that was she, my favorite interview I've ever done. Well, it makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shots fired at the K train. Stop it. I'll be appearing on our podcast later. Before I go on Gutfeld tonight, I warm up the sparring opponent tonight is Kennedy on the Kennedy Saves the World podcast. Ken Krantz is in studio. We're taking calls. We're talking about the state of rock and roll because you don't know this. I'm breaking news on the show. But uh, tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs is dating Taylor Swift. I've, I've not heard. I've not heard. It's, it's breaking news. It's my own <laughs> it's personal this. information. I don't know where you'd find such a thing out. I mean, other than the blimp that's probably flying over the city right now that says Taylor loves Travis and everything in between. <laughs> the, the fact you can't watch a down of football. The conductor probably asked you when they were taking your ticket on the train. Are you a Swifty? I'm, I'm not even kidding. Uh, walking here today, I passed by four blonde white ladies in Travis Kelsey jerseys. Is that a real thing? That's now? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> just walking, just walking around. Did you see the price for the tickets to the game went up last night? Just because she was going to be in a box. Isn't that crazy? And this is at a Jet game. This you, is a Jets game with Zach Wilson. Where you can normally charge them to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and the tickets to get in are going. I mean, it's insane. It's crazy. It's madness. But yes, this uh, very. It's not often that pop culture and professional sports collide on this level. Uh, it doesn't traditionally last a hell of a long time, but uh, for whatever this ride happens to be, I would think from a capitalistic standpoint, it's a home run for everybody. My only concern, as I was saying this on the Saturday night show, is if he dumps her, will the Swifties cancel the Chiefs mascot? The, I already, funny you should say that, I was already reading an article today uh, in Rolling Stone. Absolute 
Garbage magazine. I have no idea why I still read it, but I do. And I loved it growing up. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, it it was because to me, when I was growing up, it was the epitome of everything cool. Uh Now I read it and it just makes me furious. That's funny. But I just read this whole article about how now maybe the Swifties can get the Chiefs' name. Wow. uh, (laughs) For real? Yeah. Oh, God. That's (laughs) what they're going to do. The Swifties are going to come after the Braves, the Chicago Blackhawks. If she doesn't dump him, every one of those mascots as a gunner because yeah. they can mobilize it's whoever's screaming the loudest that's that's kind of like how the world is run now like when people wonder like why things are so broken it's because everyone who serves an elected office is just an influencer now yeah. it's just the race for clicks you know and i think it's it's starting to bother a lot of people now you personally are the biggest trump fan i know so <laughs> this is delicate because we have a caller on the line listening on wibx who wants to weigh in on the trump shenanigans ellen are you up there girlfriend I am. Ellen, that's the spirit. We need to clone you, girlfriend. Uh, I kid. We do, actually, but unfortunately, not everyone would be on board with that. That <laughs> sounds safe. Uh, Sal, I admire your honesty, then. Um, I wish Dolly the sheep would have been so upfront with the American people when they cloned her. You know, if we would have known what kind of trouble we were I getting. I know the scientist who did it. Do you really? Ellen, you're just dropping all <laughs> kinds of names today. First, yeah, first. Yep. First, you hang out in Utica. Now you know the scientist who cloned Dolly. Well, you dropped the Trump name with my call screener. Uh, what is it? Where is? Where are you on this Trump thing? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, um, you know, I think it's the election is about America first, and Trump is only about Trump first. And you know, the Trumpers are the ones that are gonna ruin it for everyone but you know if they're only about really 20 percent of the republican party um you know well it's interesting that you say that good people his Mm -hmm. his cabinet are running against him nikki haley worked for him pompeo worked for him christie worked for Mm -hmm. him all these people worked for him why are they running against him well probably because they were really the ones that were making the decisions and he was just signing his name to well, it. Well, yeah, he would call that disloyal that they're running against him, but it is just politics because everybody wants that well, gig. He's just a TV personality, really. I mean, that's one of the reasons that got elected is because so, he was on, what is it, The Apprentice for how many seasons? Dude, I they mean, had 15 seasons. That was know, my average favorite. Average American knew, I mean, if you asked them who's Trump, they could do it. Who was Reagan? They couldn't tell you. Well, you, you know? know, that was my Sorry. favorite thing about Trump running for president, though, is that when he ran and NBC was like, he's literally Hitler. I'm like, you still owe him money. He's <laughs> 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 on your network for 50. And I, I do think that he am, but I'm not going to vote for him because I think he's being hard done so here's by the question. Here's the question, because I've heard everything you said, and a lot of it, yeah. you know, makes sense, I think, to a lot of our callers. He's got a 50-point yeah. lead in the polls. And where I think it's, you know, kind of misleading is, yes, he can get the nomination pretty easily. But the problem becomes in the general election, he's got to win the general election, and that's going to require him to win over a lot of independents and Democrats who feel the way you he do as a Republican. Well, I think that's the challenge. But my question is to you is, I'm going to propose three Three scenarios. I just want to know how you'd vote in them really quick. Trump Biden, okay. though. Would you vote for Trump over Biden? Um, under the current circumstances, it'd probably be I might have to drink a lot beforehand. <laughs> how about um, how about Trump no, Newsom, that eighties villain? With Biden, uh-huh. I'd have to say yes. Okay, Trump Newsom, that eighties villain. We he's very good looking. 
lot of hair gel. Oh, God. Oh, God. These are terrible ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think Trump should be running. No, no, I Point know. I mean, but it's like the Biden thing. I don't thing. care what the polls say. Well, Trump, I really Trump I should think be... the Republican Party should be putting good candidates. We could potentially have 16 years of a Republican in there if you got a good president and a good vice president. Fair. Listen, you're not wrong, Ellen. I, I enjoy your analysis here, and we I'm appreciate I'm pushing Nikki Haley in upstate New York. Oh, are you okay? Listen, she does great on my show. She's got a lot of personality. Uh, yeah. she, she she would be the funniest thing that could ever happen in the history of politics, is for the first oh, female absolutely. president to be Republican, because they would lose their yeah, mind on the would. other <laughs> side of this. Because they're not going to be breaking glass ceilings and telling little girls they could be anything they want to be. You know the number of times I was told by Democrats, like, but you're a woman. You must vote for Hillary. I was like, I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to vote for evil. Nope. So, you know, I don't care what. Well, there went your ticket to the next Clinton fundraiser, Ellen. I thought we were doing good here. Uh, I kid. Know, absolutely. We're looking forward to it, the whole family. Oh, I love This is a big deal. All right. Bu- buckle up. I'll see you there. Uh, Kenny Kranz, a Republican voter, not crazy about Trump. This is the reality of the election if it was held tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds of Democrats say Biden shouldn't run. A big chunk of Republicans don't want Trump to run. But we're probably, if the election were held tomorrow, we'd be watching Trump run against Biden. Do you think, as a comic, as a rock and roll expert, um, just we're just running on instinct now. Do you think a year from now that'll be the matchup Trump versus Biden? Because I don't. I think other people are going to get in there. I, I, meaning, I think Newsom's. I, first of all, Newsom's running. Yeah, he's doing. He's debating DeSantis on Hannity for a guy who doesn't want to run. He's fundraising right now. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to run. He's like, I'm so committed to not running. Here's a copy of the inaugural address I would give. Well, that's what Biden was doing last time, right? <laughs> yeah, like he was. He wasn't going to run until he was trying to lead from the front. Um, I, listen, I hope to God it's not the matchup, but I just can't see what else it would be. Oh. It's, it's, I mean, Ellen can. the only thing, the only thing we let 80 year olds do in this country is like be a greeter at Walmart or run the, yeah. you know, or well, they, run it or run everything. Yeah. Well, no, and Biden would make a good Walmart greeter <laughs> if you didn't, mu- if you didn't mind <laughs> be- getting welcome to Target. <laughs> Shaking hands with nobody. Listen, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Uh a Trump fan. I was, I was okay with Biden. He he bored me, which was fine. When I saw him shaking hands with nobody, I hit hit the panic button. I was like, listen, I'll still vote for him again over Trump, but this is, but this is crazy. I always say that you have have a, like Biden, you have a president who looks like a guy you shouldn't buy weed from. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, narc. If you had a friend shaking hands with invisible people, he's like, you want to smoke my weed? You'd be like, no, what are you out of your mind? This guy's, whatever he's on is way too strong. not messing with it. More with Kenny Krantz when we come back on Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you are a little bit further away in Palm Beach, you'll see me there December the 16th. Me and you got Florida covered. Yes. Covered. We got the whole state is blanketed. Yeah. Yeah. Wall to wall, like we're campaigning. We have a good ground game in Florida. How about that? Uh, Kenny Krantz is in studio. We're having like a little bit of a State of the Union. Uh, We were talking about Trump with our last caller, 888-788-9910, if you want to get into this thing. As a comic, here's my complaint. Okay, everyone always says to us, wow, it's going to be so great to be a comic right now. There's so much material. I actually think it's the opposite. And this is why I say this. Because no joke has a shelf life anymore. Because there's always a new batch of news cycle material coming. You know what I mean? When we started out, 
political comedians. There were like two of them that even mentioned politics in their act at all. And it was almost like a cushy gig. Because yeah. it was like, all right, well, Bill Clinton did his thing. George W. Bush talks funny. I'm good for the next 10 years. Yeah. Now it's kind of exhausting, is it not? Yeah, it's and, – and the thing is, it's like you said, there's no shelf life. Because yeah. now Trump's coming back and running again. I'm seeing all the same batch of Trump jokes uh-huh. that went out five, six years ago. You know, yeah, whenever yeah. 2016 when he was running the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's just – it's – just all feels recycled. Well, this is the funny thing about politics. In a lot of ways, it's like doing current events. And you know when you first started doing comedy, if like, let's say, when I first started, right, uh, I didn't understand that there had been comedians who had jokes from eight years ago. Like Michael Jackson would be a good example, Mm -hmm. okay? When Michael Jackson died, there were people on stage that night with like the most brilliant Michael Jackson material I'd ever heard. And I didn't realize they were doing comedy when he was on trial (laughs) 10 years earlier. So it's like sometimes the world gives you the gift of, hey, remember those jokes you threw out? It's like fashion. They come back. Put on your your fish tank pumps. It's in style again. Yes. Yeah. And, and, And you're noticing a little bit of that with Trump. Some people are being able to bring back old Trump stuff. Uh, but you've got to keep up. On the other side, there's Biden stuff. But that is very much what politics is. It's like you're doing topical humor. So the shelf life, it it's fleeting. You know, that's the part that drives me crazy. Is you can't, like, if you write a good joke about dating, you can tell it in 20 years. Right. But a political joke doesn't have that shelf life anymore. No. So I think people who don't do comedy don't understand this is not a great time to be a comic. It's an exhausting time. Yeah, and you hear it from them all the time. Yes. Oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, I'm not lucky. I'm waking up with anxiety every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I should have been a comic. I should just be a person screaming on TikTok. Yeah. You'd be selling out theaters right now. Oh, man. Look at at how mad this guy gets. Like, it's funny because Lincoln, my son, uh, you know, he's curating a lot of content. And some of the things I, you know, when guy, you know, when someone's act is a gimmick, like someone is performatively angry. So mm-hmm. it's funny the first time you watch him, like this guy's going to have a stroke. Then you see the same set at 10 o'clock and you're like, oh, he's not mad. I get it. Yeah. Get he's like is. even like yanking his tie the yeah. same way that he uh, yeah, did. Yeah, the yeah. First, you're like, I'm, oh, it's all contrived. I'm watching my son follow and unfollow people in a, in, in a double YouTube viewing. And it's because <laughs> even kids see through some of the, some of the malarkey out there on these streets. Ken Kranz. Uh, well, we have more malarkey coming, you guys. Joe Mackey. Superstar writer for the Gutfeld Show, regular on the program, is going to be joining us to preview my appearance tonight and let Kenny and I know what type of insulting intro they're working on for me in the writer's room, because that's how the show works. It opens with them punching you in the nuts, crans, Yeah. And then you got to go be funny. So put on your radio cup. More political talk with the boys after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. But if you bet on Lincoln Fallon and the Clark Rams this Saturday over Mineola... Okay, final score in the game, 40 to nothing, Clark Rams. Oh, girl, take off the apron. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. It was a rain-soaked win, but the Rams have now outscored their opponents 86 to nothing their last two games. They beat my alma mater two weeks ago, the Division Dragons, 46 to nothing. This week, they beat the Mineola Mustangs, 40 to nothing. Two-game winning streak for the Rams. Joining us now in studio, a man who is undefeated in life. He has never lost. A superstar comedian, 
a superstar writer on Gutfeld, probably hard at work on whatever insulting intro I'm about to get dealt onto the air with tonight. Joe Mackey is here. What's up, Mackey? Oh, not much. I, undefeated, I guess that means I'm 0-0 zero and zero at this point. <laughs> You're one of those guys. A whole lot of ties. We haven't lost a game yet. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Well, I, I, I've won all my sporting events because I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're all winners here. Uh, Mackey, for everyone listening, on KKFT and KSUE out west, uh, I announced that I will be at the Carson Nugget Saturday night, December 2nd. That is breaking news. They announced it at the end of the Landau show this Saturday. But long before you get Jimmy Fallon in town, you talk about peaking in comedy life. Joe Mackey can confirm you will be there. It's gonna it's gonna be the best thing to happen to Carson City since uh, gluten free meth. Gl is there a such thing? Yep. That might be the best thing that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I'd be like the only guy that puts on weight on meth. <laughs> Joe Mackey. <laughs> Joe Mackey's chunky. We're mixing, we're mixing friends. I got Mackey here. I got Ken Krantz here. But Mackey has confirmed. Krantz, have you ever been to Reno? Uh, I've been to Vegas. I never made it to Reno. Okay. Well, let me stick with me because maybe you can both weigh in on this. Uh, my, one of my favorite movies of all time is Kingpin. You familiar with Kingpin? Yes, yes. It ends in Reno. The Reno yep. Open, they bowl at, the, at the, the bowling center. I consider that Bill Murray's greatest performance. Mackie, are you a Kingpin fan? I thought the movie was great. I don't know if it's going to top Groundhog Day okay, for me. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah, good movie. Do you know that at, in Punxsutawney, where they filmed, obviously, Groundhog Day? Go ahead. It's, it's set in Punxsutawney. I think yeah. they filmed it in Indiana. Yeah, but, but there is a hotel there because of Groundhog Day. That is a gazillion-dollar hotel, like, year-round. Like, I wanted to go, and it's expensive because people want to show up and be a part of that action. Brilliant. Who knew? You know, some people follow the Grateful Dead around the country. Uh, there are people who follow groundhogs, apparently, Kenny Krantz. Did you know that? I didn't, but that makes me, like, I, that gives me more comfort than knowing there were people that followed the dead around. You're not the only weirdo. <laughs> Groundhog Day tourism. I mean, Pittsburgh, it just... <laughs> it's booming. It's the tour booming. shirt just says Pittsburgh. Yeah. The same date, but it's wow. listed 30 times. Primanti Brothers hasn't made that sandwich live since 98, bro. People lighting lighters. Oh, you stop it. Uh, if you're listening on WJAS, if you're listening on Beaver County Radio, you know we love you. Especially my Uncle Sam, who's out there as well. But we're talking to Mackie. We're talking to Krantz about the State of the Union. Now, Mackie, you were a diehard football fan growing up. I know you have professional commitments now on the weekends that take you in other directions. But have you heard the breaking news that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey? The, you know, I don't really follow it much anymore, football, mm -hmm. or Taylor Swift's dating life. But uh -huh. I, t that infuriates me that, like, it seems like all the sports leagues are trying to make it uh, entertaining for people who don't like the sports. Yes! yes! It's a good point Mackie makes. It's like when you go to a ball game now, say you go to a baseball game. Yeah. There are 300 things to do there that don't involve watching the game. There's like mannequins racing dressed up like sausages or uh, masses <laughs> dressed like, like sausage sausages. Right? And then there's a there's a water slide in center field. I'm like, I thought this was like a baseball game. No, no, it's just the Six Flags now. You can get a pedicure. You can buy fruit. Isn't it amazing? Like the new Yankee Stadium, like my son loves it because he didn't go to the old one. The new Yankee Stadium is a shopping mall yeah. that happens to have a baseball field in the middle of it. Yeah, there's the, you're right. There's too many food choices. It was hot dogs, peanuts, and beer. Oh, now That's forget it. it. Have you tried the faux gras nachos at Yankee Stadium? It's it's so pretentious now. I'll I'll say I'll say this though, uh, as as like an avid football fan, I do hate hearing every single just conversation mm -hmm. about Taylor Swift during the game. Yeah. 
as just a dude who lives with two teenage girls in the house uh-huh. who are now like, hey, let's turn They're on your daughters, football. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. My girlfriend's daughters. Joining us now mine. from Ken Kranz is here. He'll be appearing at Epstein Island <laughs> on October 22nd and 23rd. As But as somebody like now, like last night, they were like, hey, let's, let's watch football. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even want to watch. I'm like, I don't want to watch the Jets. Well, that's the win for the <laughs> the, the, the Jets. Didn't want to watch the Jets. They didn't watch the game film. The um, that's the win for the NFL is they're getting all these new eyeballs. But as Bill Hemmer famously said on the show earlier in the program, Taylor Swift benefiting quite a bit too. Why? Because she has a big movie coming out in theaters, and now she gloms maybe some NFL love. It's not just Taylor Swift. Like, Ryan Reynolds probably called his publicist. Like, can you get me a seat in the press box next to, next to Taylor Swift? I need some, some FaceTime here. You know? With the Swifties. It's- yes. Uh, I, I Listen, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. There's so much strategy to a relationship of this magnitude because so many people, been publicists and stuff like that, because this is funny. They were After the game last night, I was just reading on Yahoo, they were spotted. Oh my God! In, I, engaging oh, I, in PDA, I thought the same thing. Spotted for those like of you, there's yeah, forty cameras on them. For, for those, of, yeah, I'm like my liver is spotted. <laughs> okay, from all the drinking I've done on the road. Okay, when the, when a celebrity is spotted, it means these are the carefully curated photos our publicist leaked to the media. Yeah, has anyone ever been spotted? I mean, Mackie, you get spotted from time to time. People see in the street, Joe Mac. From time to time at uh-huh. the pastry shop, but how? how <laughs> are you when you get stopped because people watch you on TV? Do you handle it well? Uh, I think so. I'm just a pretty introverted guy, but yeah. it is awkward. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty cool about it. But I don't like, I don't tell people I'm going to the football game. And then <laughs> you don't announce don't it five be, days in yeah, advance. I, I don't want to be seen. But Why is everybody looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> now, when you get spotted, Krantz, and uh, for, again for TV to catch mm-hmm. a predator, fabulous show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from that school. He's the only guy who's been on two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get spotted. By yeah. the way, yeah, doing yeah. something bad. He's doing something you shouldn't be doing. But in this day and age, is there anything, anything that is truly bad? Like, I'll give you two examples. Okay. One is the girl who stormed off the plane. You know, I'm telling you that mother is not yeah. real. What they, you know, kind of made people think it was an alien thing. But in the aftermath, she's tried to like fashion herself as like an influencer because I don't really think there is bad publicity. Is there bad publicity in this day and age? Either it, of you. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. But that, if there is. It, like, lasts for a day, uh-huh. and then you hit the reset button. You kind of go the other way. Do you think that, Mackie? Yeah, I mean, when I heard that she was in marketing, I'm, I said to myself immediately, we're not going to hear the end of this lady for a long time. Yeah. Like, she's going to be on Life on the and- D-List or whatever show that <laughs> is the current thing about that because, yeah, it's this big opportunity to get your name out. It really doesn't matter why. But isn't it weird because we're all in comedy, and in you know, on some level, we're, all, we're ridiculous for a living, and obviously we need to promote our shows and bring attention to what we do. But isn't it weird that we're sitting here as people who do that for a living, bemoaning that this is what the world has become? Because I think we realize on some level, there's nothing to do with our business challenge. It's just not good for society that everyone wants to be an influencer. It's not good for society, and the reasons that get you noticed in society aren't the same as get you noticed in comedy because like comedy it's like a good writer with a good joke that's original but like we have our our influencers are in comedy they're called hacks yeah (laughs) and usually eventually you hope that even though they're gonna kill with their 
Uh, sex joke that I've already heard 20 times, vari- yeah. variations of that eventually the industry is going to find out and be like, no, you don't get to advance. Yeah. This is your ceiling right your here. But, but on the internet, it's like you're already in a mansion yeah. by the time that happens. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get yeah, <laughs> You've already gotten out with the money. Uh, it's fa- No, it's fascinating. You could in this day and age be the best joke writer in the world, but you'd never go as viral as you would if someone just threw a drink at you. Yeah. Or you threw it back. Like, that's it's, what's weird. You know what's aggravating? It's when I started comedy, I was told, just work on your writing. Get mm-hmm. comfortable on stage, and if you write really great jokes, the cream will rise to the top. Mm-hmm. There are no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm 15 <laughs> years in and I feel like, hey, maybe I've got the hang of this, turns out everyone gets a shortcut. Yeah. Like, you can just throw on a Chewbacca mask and get 8 million hits. Well, listen, he, he did have to make it up the stairs of the Capitol on January 6th. Let's not act like let's not act like that guy didn't fight the ground war, Chris. There's so many shortcuts now, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's but, crazy. Yeah, the Heckler video has become the, the shortcut of choice for, for so many comics, and it's like... Every comic has interactions with hecklers, and it's so easy to win yep. because everyone's on your side. The yes. your back. It's usually a drunk idiot. Yep. It's easy to make a drunk idiot look stupid. They're mm-hmm. doing it themselves. And then, but, but people who don't know that, who don't do comedy, are like, wow, he really handled that well. Yeah, whoa. And whoa. That's the thing. Uh, Joe Mackey's in studio, Ken Krantz as well. Uh, we're having a grown-up talk about the world. It's like... I tell people this all the time. When you're dealing with a heckler, like you prepared that night to speak in front of 300 people and 180 showed up. But you prepared for 300. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You prepared to speak in front of 300 people. They did not. So they have an outburst. But if you let them keep talking, yes, you're always, always, always going to win. But people don't know that. So that is, you're right. That's why it's misleading on the internet. And then people just kind of contextualize the exchange and you look like the Terminator. Yeah, I I just don't want to get success because I said, you have a dumb shirt. (laughs) (laughs) So why'd you say it to Krantz when you walked in? You said it. Are you just an evil person that wasn't a hot mic you i was told these mics were not live no it's funny you're right about that though uh, i but it's crazy because me i cover politics every day as do you guys um it's weird to know now in this day and age like no one's running for president you have to run for class president and it's like that's the knock on DeSantis. It's like, well, he's not doing your mama jokes. They're like, I don't care that more people are moving to his state than any state in the country and that they have the best economy and the best educational system. He's toast. Okay, and he might be toast. Like, he's down 50 points. Because I, I think if you are an, an influencer in this day and age, it's actually, like, held against you uh, in politics. But should it be that way, Joe Mackey? Well, you know, I think for DeSantis in particular, he's the guy that's a counterpuncher. Yeah. When the media says something like, oh, you made this deal with Publix to yeah. give the vaccine. He's like, it's the largest supermarket. They've got the, all these pharmacies. It mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense not to make it. Yeah. He handles that really well. Oh, he's well. great. He's great at policy. But, you know, you sometimes... But he needs to put out a rap video, right? Right. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. counterpunchers aren't great at like yeah. leading with a jab yeah, and, yeah. and like waiting to throw that big right hand. Well, now you, you know what you're talking about, Mac. You're talking about the guy who can handle hecklers but doesn't have material. That's that's a good point. <laughs> DeSantis is going to put out a crowd work special. Uh, Joe Mackey's in studio booking it for him. Ken Krantz, uh, when you watch this stuff uh, from afar, uh, do you feel like in this day and age, like that's like almost like the reason entertainment doesn't rate as high as politics has become people's entertainment. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's where it's like the upside down. It's like 
comedians are held to a higher standard uh-huh. for what they say than politicians Think, about, think are. about this. Paul Rubens got ruined, the late great Paul Rubens in the 90s, uh, for fondling himself in a movie theater. Yeah. Okay? He was thrown off the air. Lauren Barbart fondled somebody else. Fine. Donations went up. So I think it's. I think the standard has changed. That's what I think. I think that's what we're doing. I didn't want this to turn into like, hey, you kids get off my lawn, but we are there. I, we, I mean, we, why wouldn't you? Why would you want kids on your lawn? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the whole problem. It's like kids on the lawn are running everything now, and they're like, hey, we are deserve to be on your lawn and ruin it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, check your privilege. At least you have a lawn. We don't have a lawn. <laughs> then they dox the old man, and he gets thrown out of his house because the banks won't lend to him. The world is broken. It's broken, folks. Uh, and on that fine note, uh, Joe Mackey, have you guys written me a terribly insulting intro for Gutfeld tonight? Uh, mine was not that terrible. Oh. I can't speak to the other comedians. Okay. I don't want to disappoint, you know. Okay. A, I, okay. I, I, I like the tough love. I think what makes shows successful is when we're not immune, you know, to the beatdown. I think that's helpful. I think we need more of that in comedy. Because tonight's the night. Late night shows come back. Colbert comes back. Fallon comes back. Uh, Seth Meyers still does his show, right? He still does. And, you know, I... I don't bear any ill will against those yeah, other shows. It just, I remember the last writer's strike, it seemed like a big deal that they were gone. Yeah. And this time I'd forgotten about it. It's just that the kind of the industry has moved on, not, uh-huh. notwithstanding the, the fault of any of the hosts, which some of them I don't think are doing a very good job. Yeah. Uh, they've alienated a lot of people, but it's just, it's just, uh, it's a, uh, are you, are you, are it's so, it's a stage show world and then a world where there's a 4K TV uh, at home. So are you, are you telling me that? Colbert is not in danger of you stealing his vaccine dance and doing it on the road? No. Uh, one, I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> oh, Mackie and playing two, possum. It's just you, what you pharmaceutical company shill. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to play possum at all. That was disgusting. There was no punchline in that. It was just like, oh, look at me. I'm famous and I'm doing something. And I'm doing a vaccine dance surrounded yeah. by scantily clad needles. Oh, Krantz. Doesn't it hurt, Krantz? Like when you grow up and, you know, we revered late night. As yes. little kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just revered it. It was great. I actually just watched The Late Shift with Letterman and Leno again. I rewatched so it. Such a great It actually holds too. up really yeah. well. Yeah. And I feel like this is where comics, not you guys, uh, but this is where a lot of comics in that sphere are failing America, is that we were comics. We could have political views, but the reason nobody wanted them from us is that wasn't the specialty. They came to us because we could do this unique thing, which was called being funny. It's like there's a reason when you go to the strip club, the girl doesn't start with, but first a few words about the border. <laughs> Maybe she has a great policy, but the establishment is called flash dancers, and we're not here for policy. So is it is it is it a stay in your lane moment for comedians, Ken Kranz? I don't think anybody has lanes anymore. It it just I mean I I wish it, I wish it would get back to that. Like Joe was saying, he didn't even, like I didn't. I, yeah, you're, I forgot these late night shows were even went off the air, were even well, on the Pfizer air. Pfizer didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got to move some product, baby. Yeah, and it's not about staying in your lane. It's just when he did that vaccine dance, there was no discernible punchline. Yeah. And that's to, that's to me where he gave gave the game away because it, was a product it wasn't placement. like he was trying to make a joke. Yeah, it was just a straight-up product placement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sad. Well, you kids get off the lawn. Climate change is going to ruin it anyway, according to tonight's Colbert Open. Uh, I love you both. I'll 
be on uh, Gutfeld later getting insulted by Joe Mackey uh, back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. As yeah, they say. I had so much fun. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. I'm glad one of us did. Uh, kid, I love you, Krantz. You know I do. <laughs> Ken Krantz uh, filming his special December the 27th at the Stress Factory. And uh, if you're listening out west, we announced this at the top of the show. I'm heading back to the Carson Nugget, December the 2nd, my favorite place. Dean and the gang were coming out to see all the KKFT listeners and the KSUE listeners. But if you want to see me, like if you want to laugh, I'm kidding. Mackie's, are, <laughs> Mackie's phenomenal. But if you want to see him, and he is phenomenal. If you guys have never seen his stand-up, it's very dark and funny like Ken's. Very dark and funny and fabulous. Uh, you will see me December the 2nd at the Carson Nugget. That is going to do it for the Fox Across America Black Friday Spectacular. I hope you had a phenomenal Thanksgiving. I hope Black Friday is treating you like a million bucks. I will be live on your TV today, 5 p.m. on the 5. I'm sitting in for Gutfeld. So if you're wondering, no, I didn't get taller. I'm just in his chair, so there's two phone books underneath my butt. Have fun out there in the malls of America. Enjoy college football tomorrow. Happy birthday to Lincoln Fela, who turned Turns 15 on Saturday. And go Bucks in the game up in Ann Arbor, Ohio State, all the way. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.